So in my experience, when I've worked with people with action mapping, you're absolutely right. The hardest bit is the, is the business performance, that issue uh, for the business goal. Why do you think that that is one of the hardest bits, A, for L&D and B, then when they're talking to managers and subject matter experts, for example, in that action mapping process conversation? I think for L&D, it's back to that cultural issue that a lot of people in L&D, either through self-selection or due to the cultural issue we mentioned before, they think their job is to make information easy to understand. So they're not as used to looking at the key performance indicators of the business, keeping track of what the business is measuring. They may also be uncomfortable even just talking about that. And if they went through, for example, conventional instructional design training, they didn't learn how a business works Mm -hmm. because a lot of, maybe they did. But most of the people that I've talked to who have come out of those programs had no preparation for speaking to business people about businessy things (laughs) that a lot of ID programs seem to treat academia and business as the same. And that, you know, our job is to put information into heads. You pick up on a really great point there about academia and business. Certainly, I know in the past when I've used action mapping with groups and somebody has been from academia and then we've really struggled to apply. It has worked, but we've struggled to apply action mapping to a more academic delivery of learning. Why doesn't it fit quite so well? In academia or in professional development, like certification courses as well, the goal, again, is knowledge into brains and then sort of regurgitated on a test. A lot of people will say that's not our goal in academia. We're forming the full person, et cetera, et cetera. And that that may actually be their goal. What is measured is what counts. And what is measured is the score on the test. And the test is a knowledge test. And that's true for professional certification as well, most times. And so they have this intense focus on information getting into the brain and not necessarily being able to apply that information in realistic contexts with all of the mess that comes in when you're in the real world. So people coming from that world are very, very into that mindset. They have been raised to think that way, and they have been working as a professional with that mindset. And so it's very hard for them to shift toward, hey, let me visit the person on the job and see what challenges they're facing. And I think that's a a really interesting area that Certainly in my experience and and my observation, L&D as a whole, and, you know, we're such a huge industry with so many different types of L&D. It's hard to make these sweeping statements, but I'm going to, (laughs) that actually a lot of people in L&D need to get much better at this business conversation and the business knowledge. So that's business skills generally and consultancy skills and that kind of thing, but also knowledge of the business that they are working in, if that's a, if they're an internal department or working for, if it's a contract role. Do you see that all of those are part of the same problem? I think it is because the mindset is changing, but still a lot of the conventional mindset is my job is to make information easy to understand. So whatever information they tell me I need to put online or deliver in a workshop, that's my focus. Mm. You know, it's not not my job to know why they need this, except only vaguely. People who are maybe who were taught to use ADDI, the A in analysis for the ADDI model, I've seen it presented as... Learn about the learner so you know what 
their culture is and everything so you can adapt the content to that culture. It's not necessarily a deeper analysis of why are they struggling? What do they need to do? First of all, we don't even ask that. And then why are they struggling to do it? What do you think are some of the ways that you've seen people go from that maybe lack of knowledge and experience around business generally and their own business, and then to get that experience, to get that knowledge, to get comfortable with those conversations? How have you seen people make that journey and that transition in the past? What I recommend they do is a little bit of Googling, just the most basic Googling before they meet with the client. Um, In the book, I, I actually give specific phrases you can say when somebody comes to you and says, I need a course on X. I describe some things you can say to sort of say, let's not talk about the course right now. Let's talk about the problem for which you need the course. And I suggest that people have a very brief conversation and schedule a longer conversation. And between the brief conversation and the longer conversation, they do a little quick Googling to find out what is the issue that the client identified and how have other organizations measured this issue and solved this issue. And this is something that I've, I was certainly never taught to do as an instructional designer, which yep. is to look out in the world and see, hey, this is a common problem. How have other organizations tried to solve it? So then when we... It seems so obvious when you say it. It's just like, well, of course, why wouldn't I see what other people have done and learn from them? (laughs) (laughs) So it it can literally take 10 to 20 minutes. And you also, if you're an external provider, you also do a quick research on the client themselves too. You know, how big is the organization? Or if this is a person who has come to you from within your organization, maybe you look at them a little bit. How long have they been with the organization? What is their likely mindset? Who are they needing to please? Because everybody is under pressure. And the more you can understand who is leaning on this person to to get a course, you know, what what created the pressure that made this person show up in your office saying, I need a course? Mm-hmm. If you can understand that a little bit better, that that helps immediately to see the larger business picture. But there's also um, just to learn just a little bit, like Google the term key performance indicators and see what they are (laughs) so that when people mention them in meetings, you know what they're talking about. You can give yourself the very basic business education that you need to have conversations. And I think after that, then it's just common sense sort of kicking in. That sounds good. And I think there's also all sorts of things we can do if if we want to develop those skills. We can listen to podcasts. We can watch business uh, television shows. We can watch the business news in the morning. You know, we don't have to be business experts and know about the FTSE and the stock market. But like you say, we can pick up on some of those terms and understand the basics and, and look at things from a different perspective, can't we? I first came across your action mapping process quite a number of years ago through Craig Taylor and I used to work together at a medical insurance company and he used your process for an induction program that we were working on and I'd been working on the induction program for the previous, I don't know, six months, something like that and I'd done a pretty good job but then when action mapping came in came along and we did we worked with the various departments and so on and so forth it blew me out of the water it was just like oh no so this is how we should really do it yeah this makes much more sense do you get an idea from people that they kind of go wow this is amazing this is maybe it's common sense process because it is to a certain degree but I remember a manager of mine once saying common sense isn't a flower that grows in everybody's garden so so what kind of reaction do you get from people once they've 
gone through the basics of the process and see what it can do. They do have a similar reaction. Oh, this is common sense, but nobody mentioned it to me. <laughs> We're not using it. And I had a similar reaction in the the kernel for the idea came from Michael Allen's first book on e-learning, and I can't remember the title, but he pointed out that what we have been doing is telling and then testing, and what we should try doing is testing and then telling. So it was this idea, I remember clearly when I was reading that book, and I just sort of looked away from the book, and I thought, oh my God, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and so that's what set me going. And that's where I added a business goal in front of that. But it is basically the idea of we start with the activity and the activity determines the information. And from to me, the activity should be based on what people need to do and what people need to do should be based on what exactly are we trying to fix. And that's where action mapping was born. And it is totally common sense. And there's a lot of different versions of sort of reverse instructional design or designing the activity first. In academia, it's designing the assessment first. So it's certainly not a new idea. 